0: Hi, my name is Riley and this is my dad Laz. Hello and we're here to give you our RTCX report.
1: Welcome and what are we talking about today?
0: Dark Phoenix saga
1: The Dark Phoenix Saga. And because there are multiple issues, how many are we going to cover today? Three Three issues the first two the first three. So we hope you enjoy it. As Riley said,
0: we're going to do the Dark Phoenix saga, the first three issues.
1: Yeah, uh, but first, I thought we'd just talk about who we are a bit. Um, I have been a, uh, a comics fan for over, well, for about 35 years. And uh, how long have you been a comics fan?
0: four years
1: about four years well actually
0: more than that <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i started liking i started reading comics when i was like eight so yeah it's kind of why i say four years but i've been yeah. more of a fan for longer yeah. i even go and search up the characters and i spoil them to myself like mm-hmm. every single time I have the chance.
1: You're quite the studier, aren't you? You like yes. you like all the facts and all the little tidbits of information you can get, don't Yeah,
0: especially on the powers. I love yeah. the powers. I'm kind of obsessed.
1: You love talking about powers, don't you? Uh huh. So, uh, every issue is going to be a kind of review style, and then we'll, um, we'll talk about what happened, what we liked, what we didn't like. Who got the best scene or part in that in a certain issue and then um, and then we'll go on to our next segment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so which issue are we covering first?
0: First we're doing God's spare the child number 129.
1: Okay mm. so what ha- what happens in this issue? So who, who who are in the who are the X-Men right now?
0: The X Men right now, the characters are Phoenix. She is a telepathic, telekinetic person who was given and possessed by this powerful energies called the Phoenix Force that kind of has a mind of its own and it makes gives the power person godly powers. Mm-hmm. And then there's Colossus. He's the he has the ability to turn into organic steel. That gives him invulnerability and superhuman strength
1: <clears throat> and we have Nightcrawler
0: he can teleport hide in the shadows extremely well and he can climb on walls kind of like Spider Spiderman mm-hmm. and he's also got really grippy hands and tails yeah
1: and who else there's Storm
0: Storm has the psionic ability to manipulate atmospheric pressure and weather basically and she's also immune to it and stuff
1: Immune to temperatures, isn't she?
0: And she's also got an earth link, and she's got energy vision.
1: Energy vision? That sounds interesting.
0: Yeah, she can see energy, basically, if she focuses.
1: Yeah. Um, and who else?
0: There is... Um, Cyclops. Cyclops can shoot optic beams from his eyes that are super destructive. So he has to wear these ruby quartz glasses, or visor. Mm-hmm. The visor he can shoot the beams out of. So yeah. that's his costume, and it helps a lot.
1: And last but not least
0: Wolverine. He has enhanced physical abilities, enhanced senses, and a healing factor which allows him to live for a super long time, heals super fast from a lot of things, and toxins and diseases and poisons. There's and not
1: much that he can't heal from.
0: Yeah, and then he also has bone claws that were coated with adamantium. Yeah. As well as his bones. Which makes him super heavy. He's like hundred fifty pounds, but then that makes him like three hundred twenty one pounds or something. Oh wow! And um, he's also really short and angry and stuff and.
1: <laughs> short and angry.
0: But <laughs> well, he's five foot three. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know, like you're taller than Wolverine.
0: Yeah, but then the people in the comics draw him taller for some reason.
1: Some, I think, uh, what we'll see in this uh, this artist. Um, which is John Byrne. Uh, Really gets to Wolverine. Yeah, he draws in pretty pretty high appropriate, I think. Okay, so what happened in the first issue?
0: The X-Men are returning from a mission. Jean Grey has visions of herself living in the 1700s.
1: Oh, that's a long time ago, isn't it?
0: Yep. The X-Men return to find... Professor X is back and wants to train them. Cerebro senses two new mutants, one in Chicago and one in New York. And they divide into two groups to investigate. The Hellfire Club spies, they are the villains, on the X-Men and sends the White Queen to intercept the Chicago team.
1: And who were they intercepting?
0: Um, Storm, Colossus, Wolverine, and...
1: Professor X.
0: Professor X. And Kitty Pryde. Yeah, but the they're direct. going to
1: intercept Kitty Pride, aren't they? They're mm-hmm. going to, uh...
0: Try to get her to join the Hellfire Academy, yeah. I think. Yeah. And...
1: And, uh, but who's already there? Who's already there when they arrive?
0: the white queen
1: the white queen
0: cuz there's computers in the Halfway Club that connect to Cerebro and the white <laughs> queen defeats the X-Men while they're taking Kitty Pride to a malt shop
1: yeah okay so let's talk about what we liked about this issue what were the the main two things we liked about this issue
0: about this issue and my dad is I like seeing a visual a visual a visual representation of the X-Men's powers like Colossus and Wolverine and Storm especially Storm her powers are kind of cool
1: mhm there's a really cool sequence where they fight those armed guys in like they're kind of mech suits aren't they well not kind of mech suits they're like super powered suits that allow them to
0: fight the people who actually have powers yeah Such as, like, the guy who was fighting storm had this weird shield that stopped, that made him immune to her powers and light and stuff. And she was hidden with with all her elemental abilities. Yeah. And Wolverine, Heat, they kind of know their weaknesses, the Hellfire Club does. Yeah, because
1: they've been spying on them, probably, right? Yeah. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, one is a force field. Yeah. And the cliffhangers are exciting. What's going to happen next?
1: Yeah. We're quite excited about that, weren't we? What's going to happen next? That's part of the part of the excitement is like when you like can't wait for the next issue, when you can't wait for what happens next. Okay, so what didn't we like? What didn't you like about this?
0: The only one thing I didn't like about this issue is I didn't like that Emma and her goons defeated the X Men and took away their stuff. I wish Emma was nicer or something. Became a good guy. I wish she was.
1: Well, that does happen, doesn't it? Yeah. Fast forward into the into the future, however many years, and Emma is one of the X Men, but at this point she's one of their deadliest enemies, and she pretty much takes them out pretty fast, doesn't she?
0: Yeah, she's a super powerful telepath. Yeah. And later she even gets more powerful. So.
1: Yeah. So what what was the best moment of this issue?
0: The person who got the best moment was the person who got the best moment was probably Emma Frost who shows how formidable she is in taking down the X-Men. It looked too easy.
1: Yeah. And that's where our uh, episode title comes from today, doesn't it? Taking down X-Men like a boss. She just takes them down so quickly and easily. So she probably got the best best part of this book. Mm -hmm. Okay, so moving swiftly on, what issue is next?
0: The next issue is Dazzler. Dazzler. <laughs> she's um, one of my favorite characters ever.
1: She is. Mm-hmm. I do like Dazzler. Um, so, meanwhile, the team that went to New York, that's Cyclops, Phoenix, and Nightcrawler, they go to find another mutant. And that mutant is Dazzler. Dazzler. And she's in a club, in a pretty seedy club, isn't she? Yeah. And uh, she helps the X Men when Hellfire Club goons attack. So um, lots of lots of crazy fighting, and they pretty much take care take care of uh, all of the X Men, don't they? Yeah. Um, but they weren't planning on having Dazzler be be there and being so formidable.
0: And Kitty Pride also kind of.
1: Yeah, because meanwhile, Kitty had stowed away on, the, on Emma Frost's ship, didn't she?
0: Yeah, when they were getting back napping with the Chicago yeah. team.
1: And kind of funny thing is, the, w- one of the funny things I thought was that um, in the, the... They take all the X-Men's uniforms off, but um, Storm has just inexplicably... Uh, a phone number <laughs> hidden in her costume. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: What else has she got hidden in there?
0: She's also got lock picks in her lock headdress. Picks in her headdress, and she's yeah. got like a, mini and a phone cerebr-
1: number in her outfit.
0: And she's got like a cerebro in her bracelet. She's got a teleporting stone on her cape.
1: Teleporting stone. Later in the comics. Later in the comics. Oh. There's
0: like a keystone. Oh. It's got minor. Top partition abilities, but when it's put with all the others, more powerful, but moving. That's pretty cool.
1: <laughs> so um, we're gonna we're gonna clump these two issue, issues together. So run for your life. That's the next issue. And what 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 happens in that one?
0: The X Men save Kitty Pride and they go to save the other X Men. Yeah. And Kitty. Rescues Wolverine from his cage because somehow yeah. she's able to unlock the cage by phasing through it, which is her ability. She can yeah. like walk through walls and do things.
1: And but Dazzler came along to help them as well, didn't she?
0: She knocked out machinery and she absorbed all the sound. And she can create light shows. And, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. Yep. And then Wolverine and Jean and Emma have a massive. Ph- Fight.
1: Whereas mainly Jean and Emma have a pretty big fight, don't
0: they? Yeah. Wolverine and all the others are fighting goons. Yeah. And Jean wins because she's got the Phoenix Force. If she didn't have the Phoenix Force, then i bet Emma could win.
1: Probably. Oh, really? Yeah. And here's the thing. People always say that Jean is a more powerful telepath than uh, Emma Frost. But she's but really
0: telekinetic.
1: Yeah, she's more of a telekinetic. But... Emma Frost was pretty was doing pretty well fighting, like uh, defending herself from the Phoenix up to a point. I think if it wasn't the Phoenix, uh, I think uh, Emma Frost might have defeated Jean Grey.
0: Yeah, the thing is, I w- I was just rereading the comic, and it turns out the big explosion was Emma.
1: She oh, really? did a
0: she pushed a button that exploded, um. and then that puts Emma in a coma. Mm-hmm. So. Sebastian Shaw collects her and stuff.
1: Yeah. So what do we like about these issues?
0: Um, I liked Dazzler using her powers to attack the yeah. Hellfire Club. It's yeah. pretty amazing.
1: And in the club, when they're in that club, that's pretty cool as well. And she's, I love how she talks all like...
0: You can't do anything y- to yeah. me.
1: She's calling that guy chuckles and stuff. And, <laughs> and the other thing we liked... About Run For Your Life, what was that?
0: Phoenix versus Emma was a pretty cool fight. Besides that, it was kind of unfair.
1: Yeah. Phoenix against anyone is kind of unfair, right? Yeah. Okay, what What didn't we like?
0: Jason Wingard stealing Jean from Scott and controlling her. Yeah. Jason Wingard is mastermind. From and he's One a bit First. creepy, isn't he? Yeah, he's an illusionist. He could... He's not even a psychic person. He's just got illusions. Mm-hmm. So I
1: think his mystery. daughters become more psychic, aren't they?
0: Yeah, his daughters.
1: Yeah. So who got the best moment in um, in the Dazzler issue? Dazzler. Do we even need to say Dazzler?
0: Dazzler shows why she's worth having an issue named after her. Right. <laughs> they should make her own mini miniseries or actually series. They did. Yeah, they made her own mini series. Yeah, they just need was... to make her own series series. Like Wolverine. They made a Wolverine. Why don't they make Dazzler? Dazzler is way better than Wolverine. Wolverine's just a grumpy little lug dwarf thing. <laughs> grumpy. <laughs>
1: Something dwarf. <laughs> Not that I'm gonna argue with you. <laughs> Okay. So, uh there's the review. Uh you should go out and read it. It's pretty awesome. So, um next we're going to talk what are we going to talk about now? We're going to talk about Flash Forward X. So, mm-hmm. this was quite a long time ago, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, what's happening with these characters right now? Do you know?
0: Dazzler I haven't gotten to this comic yet, but I think Dazzler is just doing her job as a singer.
1: Doing her job as a singer. She was last in... Uh, she was last in um, Astonishing X-Men, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, she was uh, she joined the team along with Warpath and Havoc and a kind of zombified uh, Banshee. And they have a really cool moment where uh, Banshee kind of screams right at uh, Dazzler. But and she absorbs all of all she it. she absorbs all of it. And, then and uses t- it against those weird sentinels. So I think that was the last time we saw... Uh, that was the last time we saw Dazzler. Oh, actually, maybe not. Maybe not. She was... Uh, I can't remember if she was or where she was in the Age of X. But... Um,
0: she was probably there.
1: Somewhere in there, yeah. yeah. And then returned to the X-Men with, at the end of uh, Rosenberg's Uncanny X-Men. The last time that we saw White Queen was in the current storylines, House of X. Uh, and she was saving Sabretooth from being sent to jail.
0: Why would you do that?
1: Because now uh the X Men have their own it's their mo their own nation in a more successful version uh They're than... gonna try to
0: help Sabretooth become a good guy.
1: I don't know about that, but
0: They're gonna keep him in their custody instead of theirs.
1: Yeah, they're gonna keep him in their custody.
0: And yeah, she's probably having a relationship with Scott Summers and she goes by Emma Frost. Maybe
1: not though. Mm-hmm. We don't know if she's having a relationship with Scott.
0: Yeah, but she goes by Emma Frost, not the White Queen yeah, anymore.
1: Yeah, she does go by Emma
0: Frost nowadays. The only time she was a White Queen, it was just because she was part of the Hellfire Club. And they're named after chess pieces, so...
1: Yeah, but there, we have seen her in House of X. So, she's around, and she's going to be in the Marauders book, uh, Come Dawn of X. Um, and Phoenix. The she last is- time we saw Phoenix in the comics was in the latest issue of House of X.
0: Yeah, they make her so... They put her in, like, all the X-Men because she just is Jean Grey most of the time, though.
1: Yeah. But she was actually called Marvel Girl
0: Yeah. in this book. And she's sometimes called Phoenix, even though she doesn't have the Phoenix Force. Yeah. For a while, she did switch powers with Psylocke, though. So yeah. she was able to have more enhanced telepathy and she could, like, mm-hmm. create a phoenix out of telepathy.
1: And spoilers, activity. I think she's, like... uh She's in Omega Level, one of the two, due to uh, the newest issues. But she didn't really, in the new issues, she didn't really show that she was in Omega Level anything. Apart from Omega Level... Telekinetic. ...ability to get crushed by Sentinels. <laughs> so, I think that's where they are. Uh, but the Phoenix, if you really want to talk about Phoenix... Um,
0: it's kind of cool sometimes, but...
1: I'm kind of done with it though. Yeah. Like the Phoenix Saga is great, but like when it keeps on coming back, keep on coming back, it loses interest. Yeah. We lose interest in it. Okay. So what do we have next? The next, uh, the next part of our show is ask an expert.
0: We're going to ask one of my dad's friends.
1: An expert, an X-Men yeah. fan. Yeah. Um, a question. Yeah. Uh, and what question is that?
0: I'm going to ask him. What or her? It could be anyone. Or her, him, or her. What is Psylocke's psychic constructs that she can create? Like she, I know she can create a sword and a knife, but that's just the main one she does. But I know she's done more.
1: So what? Uh, what weapons has uh, Psylocke manifested? Uh, telekinetic weapons or psionic weapons?
0: Um, Ask an expert.
2: Yeah, ask an expert. Hey Riley, my name is Matt Skipworth and I am honoured to be your expert for your podcast today. I'm a friend of your dad's from England and he told me you had a question about the abilities of one of my favourite X-Men, Elizabeth Braddock. Also, more commonly known as Psylocke. Now, Psylocke is a very complex character with a very twisty, turning history, as you probably already know from all of your reading. And this complexity extends to her mutant powers of telekinesis and telepathy as well. Now, your question of what kinds of telekinetic constructs and weapons is Psylocke able to use? concerns her telekinetic abilities primarily but like all psionic mutants Psylocke's powers are an extension of and fueled by her mind. Now in the beginning Betsy developed telekinesis as a secondary ability to her telepathy manifesting it during Chris Claremont's run on Uncanny X-Men during the revolution era. In the early days Psylocke used her telekinesis in large-scale, forceful ways, as this was easier for her to access. For example, blasting a hole in a wall was far easier than delicately levitating something small like a pencil or a coin. However, over time, she was able to fine-tune and focus her TK into various forms or psi constructs. Being a master in martial arts, Psylocke instinctively shaped her TK into the most common of her weapons, the katana blade. This visibly radiant fuchsia sword form is made of raw psionic energy and can be used at various levels of intensity. At its lowest, it can disrupt the neural pathways or the brainwaves of an enemy. At its most lethal, the katana can slice through any armour, but leave no physical injuries behind. Now, Psylocke could cut flesh with her blade if she wished, but like most X-Men, she practices mostly non-lethal techniques to the um, opponents that she faces. The katana, or Psyblade as it's commonly known, however, is not the only telekinetic weapon in Psylocke's mental armoury. The fun thing about telekinetics, like Betsy or Jean, is that the only limit to the things that they can create from Psy Energy is their imagination. Telekinetics can manifest their abilities in any way they wish, and this has led to Psylocke using her ability far more creatively now that she's experienced. Starting in the fourth volume of X-Men, in which Betsy was a central member of the all-female team, she began to create TK weapons with much wider uses. She's been seen creating side bows and arrows to attack foes from afar with deadly accuracy. She's also used a crossbow with a rope attached bolt, which not only allows her to suspend herself, but her teammates too her most medieval inspired, Betsy has created a large, heavy, spiked flail as well as a broadsword and shield in the most recent issues that she has appeared in. Psylocke has even taken inspiration from other X-Men's abilities. In one instance, she was seen to manifest her side blades into claws like Wolverine's when battling the Shi'ar during a storyline called Exogenus. So essentially, when it comes to forming weapons from energy, Betsy has a whole range of constructs at her disposal, and I'm sure we will see many more in the future. And of course, her TK weapons are only one aspect of her vast mental ability. Anyway, I hope that's been helpful for you, and it has been a pleasure to talk to you about one of my favourite characters, and I hope to get the opportunity to do so again in the future. This is Matt Skipworth, and I have been your expert.
0: Thanks, Thanks Matt,
1: for, for your, your expert,
0: expert advice. advice. We really thank you for that. It's great to know the answer to my question. We hope you all enjoyed, and that you can, may, listen to our next episode.
1: And thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it.
0: Yep. See you next time.
1: See you next time on the
0: RTCX report. Bye. <laughs>